If you love Arizona small school basketball, don't miss out on our Patreon. Here you can get bonus exclusive content that you cannot get on the podcast weekly. It's in our link tree. Go check it out. I promise if you're an Arizona small school basketball fan, you're going to love it. Here we do deep dives on teams, players, games, anything you can think of. It's a little bit of a different vibe. Don't miss out on your chance to join the small ball army. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona small ball is just better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, January 2nd. Reyes is here with me as always, and we're going to talk about some big-time championship games from three tournaments this past week. we got a special guest on here to help us break down some of these games. We got JC. He helps us break down film for our squad and game plan. He's played college basketball all over the East Coast. And more importantly, he is himself a small ball, former small ball player and a small ball fanatic. JC, are you awake yet? Uh, Barely. Yeah, I was going to say, no, he's not awake 6 a.m. <laughs> okay. So I feel like before we get into everything, we should probably talk about Jacob Weber from Scottsdale Christian, okay? Because we're going to break down some of these games from last week, but I feel like we should probably talk about Jacob Weber. About three nights ago, maybe four nights ago, now five nights ago maybe, Jacob Weber broke the Scottsdale Christian scoring record with 46 points on seven threes to get a win over Florence in the Epic Tourney's New Year's Classic. And then the night after that, he had 52 points, eight points in the final 35 seconds and the game-winning layup to break the scoring record again. As a freshman, answer me this, okay? This for both of you guys. Is Jacob Weber what makes Scottsdale Christian go? Absolutely. 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 It's, it's hard to say, man. Look. No, no. Well, let me let me just say this, though, okay? Answer. What are you wearing, Ray? Is that a blanket? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't be worried about what I'm wearing, dude. <laughs> okay. Well... Well, we watched the game against Scottsdale Christian and Fountain Hills, right? I did. So I did. I saw Double part of it. All right. So, so here's the thing. Like, Jacob Weber, we saw him. He's a high-volume shooter. He was very aggressive in all these different things. Obviously, he has got incre- – I mean, the ceiling is super high for him. You know? kids, he's tough. Against Fountain Hills, he was struggling that game, right? And yeah, look he, at the results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Scottsdale Christian – loss but when you have a guy that can get 50 i feel like that's always probably who you go off of you know 50 and then but, followed up followed up with 40 or whatever 40 then following but, up with 50 so, like so that's my thing though fellas you gotta think about this it's cool i'm not denying the kid's talent his ceiling's high he's obviously a you're saying it's dude. cool reyes what's the most points you ever scored in the game that's not that's well, not even important <laughs> <laughs> we talk about men's league fellas i'm going off <laughs> 
Okay, my question is, is he what makes them go? I agree yes. with, with JC. I think it is what makes them go, you know? And I think, okay, let me throw this out there, okay? Elijah Williams, who do you think has more scoring capability? Jacob uh, Weber or Elijah Williams? Jacob Webb. You think? I've only, I've only Easy, seen like Jacob Webb. I've, he I've already had a 50 seen, bomb. Yeah, I've only seen clips of Elijah Williams. Mm-hmm. Jacob Weber can put it on the floor. He can pull up in transition. He can mm-hmm. score on all three levels. I, I'm just, I, to me, watching them, I think Jacob Weber is the kid that you have to slow down. If you're, I mean, obviously you have a lot of other kids on there too. You got Hunter Wales, you got Elijah Williams when he gets back, you got Fan, whatever. Like you got good players on there, but Jacob Weber is the kid that when we watched game, I've watched like three games of Scottsdale now, and almost every single time they're trying to get him the ball a lot. So I think Coach Anderson, he sees in Jacob Weber that potential. So I just wanted to shout that out really quick because I think that's really cool. They just end up make up to the championship game, like you said. But, I mean, they ended up having a pretty good weekend, so. Let you said he had you... seven threes? Seven threes. threes. Seven threes over Florence. Yeah, and to go back with what you're talking about with uh, Elijah, a kid that can get seven, eight threes in a game, like, his potential is through the roof because then you can develop the other stuff. But, you know, the three ball is one of the hardest things to develop, and he already has that at, as a freshman. Like, it's hard to develop that going on. I mean, 52 points as a freshman? Are you kidding me? That is me? crazy. Like, that's wow. crazy. That's, we we got to talk what, about whatever, that. 47 or whatever? Like, yeah, that's, that's nuts. That's almost 100. That's nice. over 100 points in two games. Oh, my gosh. You're right. I didn't even think about that. That is crazy. Well, and, I mean, breaking the scoring record for the first time with 46 points. As a freshman. Breaking your own record, like, a, the next night. Like, that's really yeah, impressive. That's... So. <laughs> Shout so, out to Jacob here, here, Here's the hot seat question. Should Scottsdale Christian be worried? No, not at all. No, not at all. No, I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about right now. No, I'm saying not at all, Reyes, because here's why. They don't even have their full squad right now, and they're still competing great against these high-level teams. They got nothing to be concerned about. And I think you have to look at it from a coaching standpoint, right? From a coaching standpoint, you are looking at the absence of one of your best players as opportunity for your other kids to get better. It's just going to make them better. Like Jacob Weber, he's probably not having the space to do all this stuff. If Elijah Williams is still healthy and playing and I shouldn't even say healthy if he's playing, you know what I'm saying? So they're all getting better. And then Elijah Williams, you can add him to the mix. It's going to make their whole team better. So now they shouldn't be worried at all. They're competing great. And they're playing good against them. Is anyone else out? Did you say that fan he's out? No, no, it's just Elijah Williams, but that's a big yeah. What do you know? What do you, what do you know about what do you know about Elijah Williams? You keep saying he's hurt. Listen, what do you know, dude? <laughs> I don't know. It's the inside I, scoop. No, no I really, I have no idea. So I need per to ASP one. per ASPB. <laughs> ASBP. <yeah>. Okay, <laughs> ASBP. so let's transition to our first thing that I want to talk about because the three tournaments we're going to talk about: the Eastern Arizona College Tournament, uh, the Coyotes uh, Tournament over at ALA, and the Epic Tourneys Classic. Let's start well, with the Eastern Arizona College Tournament. I know you guys got to watch this game a lot. You guys got to break down this film. Okay, I'm a, I'm going to help you guys start off talking about this, okay? Give me a hot take about Pima. A hot take? Give me a hot take about Pima, something about this game. I'm going to go with JC. You hit him with a hot take, dude. I think it's more about what Thatcher didn't do or beat themselves in a way. I think Thatcher has more potential than Pima has, but that's just me. 
<laughs> and let me say this too, right? Pima ended up getting the win, forty-seven to forty-five, right over Thatcher. Yeah, and they have a good they have a good record too. But mm-hmm. yeah, and this I think their the potential is limited. Game. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this is the championship game in the Eastern Arizona College Tournament. This is a great matchup. I don't Pack know how gym. many times. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've compared Pima and Thatcher Reyes. I mean, we compare them so often. So it's fun to see them match up against each other. So Jason, why do you say they're ceiling? For Thatcher is higher than than Pima. I know you guys talked about Brandon Napier being back. Thatcher's just more skilled, I feel like. They have guys that can put it on the floor better. And Pima's whole game plan, I feel like, involves just hitting the post. And they're really physical and big. And when you see teams deep in the playoffs that are athletic, like, you know what I mean? What what else can you bring to the table? If if you have guys that are taller, longer, athletic, um, it was a fun matchup watching one Bradley Curtis. I mean, he's nice. Uh, go up against number thirty-two because thirty-two yeah. on mm-hmm. Pima is big. I think yeah, I, Curtis is a little taller, but he has more of that slim frame compared to number thirty-two was a more of a thicker body, and he was pretty strong. So it, it was fun watching him go at it. I think how, uh, how many had like twenty. Oh, he had 20. How many yeah. dunks did Curtis have? I didn't see him get one. They, oh, I think he no had like way. they really I, they really did a good job on him. He had like 13 points. He and they were tough jumpers. So mm. they, they were trying to show him a lot of doubles and stuff when he'd catch it or shade doubles. It was they did a good job defensively. Okay. That so, is one yeah. thing I think that could keep them in the game is their defense, their half court defense. Pima's half court defense. Re, yeah, Pima's half court defense is really nice, but offense they're very limited. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, mm. I mean, Reyes, what are your thoughts on that? Did you see the same thing, or are you thinking something different? You know, I know I saw the same thing. I thought Thatcher was kind of disrupted by Pima's size and length, honestly, because a lot of I mean, Pima's big. I'm just gonna call it what it is. Yeah, the Ashby brothers, they're both like six six, six seven. You guys, like yeah, that 32 kid is probably about six five, six six. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pima's just pretty lengthy, and like Grant Ashby on the perimeter playing you. He's playing defense on the point guard and moving perfectly fine. I mean, golly, dude. Pima looked pretty tough on defense. Thatcher, I think, would be able to find the holes in it. Um, like I said, it's obviously nice having Brandon Napier back. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can tell that he was the floor general out there. You can tell him he was getting his teammates in the great spots that he wanted them to. I think what hurt Thatcher was that scoring <laughs> drought in that fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Man. Five minutes. You look, I'm telling you, you look at the first, the first quarter – Pima and Thatcher going back and forth a little bit. And then that second quarter, Thatcher just erupts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Thatcher's hitting every shot. Curtis is hitting these tough steppers. Brennan Napier takes yep. a go-ahead three to close the half. They're up 30 to 18 at halftime. 30 to 18. And who was up? Thatcher? That, Thatcher, uh, Thatcher, 30 to 18. Oh, and then wow. they came out with the 8-0 run. Uh, Pima did? Pima came out with the 8-0 run in the third, yeah. So, okay, when yeah. they came out in that run – because here's my biggest question about Pima is how is Pima going to find consistent scoring like what you said when they play against a team who is just as long and as athletic? Well, I guess and as athletic, is there a team that's as long and as athletic as they are in the two A though? I I don't I don't think so, dude. That's what I'm like, saying. You, you put them against the Phoenix Christian, they're a little bit longer and bigger than Phoenix Christian, honestly. Yeah, for sure, like across I'm the just, board, you know. And I'm just saying. If they're trying to find a guard that can stay in front of Tommy Randall, I'm just saying that Ashby yeah. brother, Grant, for being 6'7", moves fairly well. Even if you beat him off the dribble, he's long and athletic enough yeah. to go challenge that shot. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. and then obviously they have they have easily the, the manpower to size of the Bryce Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody's the length and size of Pima 
but as far as like skill wise, um, there's obviously teams think... better, but but mm-hmm. I think Pima overall is just a very hard nosed team, just like every other Pima team. There's a very right. hard nosed team. I think they have a little bit more skill than the others yeah. in the past. Um, so so when they came out in that second half and had the eight zero run, how were they really scoring? Do you remember? Uh, they had a few transition, and transition what's funny stuff. is, um, I wrote this down. They literally shot like four or five threes the whole game, and when they came out, they hit two of those in that stretch were two okay. threes in that stretch. So that was I yeah. don't know, a little unorthodox for them, and it helped them go on that run. Well, yeah, and that's my other concern about Pima because my thought is, you know, last week we had Pima ranked number three. Remember mm-hmm. Coach Randall from Trivium Prep? He talked about how um, Pima should have been number one, and I I disagree with that, and I still disagree with that even more now after watching Pima play. Yeah. you know they're a hard nosed team. They're going to be tough, and they're going to have something to say about the playoffs. But I just their shooting is another concern with me because uh-huh. they're shooting for sure. Shooting five or four threes in a game is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did I... Thatcher shoot the ball then? Okay, Fairly so well. Thatcher is decent. They shot this game. They didn't do crazy. I think they shot like eight threes. They're not a big shooting team either. They're one one. They went one for eight. So oh, wow. at least what I what I saw. So the big thing with Thatcher is they have they don't have anybody that can shoot the ball other than thirty two that Carter kid and the number eleven Napier that yeah. can shoot the three ball. I mean, those are the yeah. yeah. Those are the only two out of seven guys that are above thirty percent. So think about that. Only two guys, and they're both thirty-three percent. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but that Bradley Curtis, he can get you thirty, yeah. and that always helps. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll I'll re-say his stats from last week because I I took him in the draft. Twenty-six, twenty-seven points a game and sixteen rebounds. I mean, the kid is oh my gosh, stuffer, so. <laughs> he's nice no, he's, too. He no, is he's, a little KD out there. Mm-hmm. He's he's For playing real. tough right now. Um, okay, I'm so, actually really. I'm happy about Thatcher right now. I kind of like where they're heading, especially like now after, after this weekend. They have Napier back. Because um, mm-hmm. I said, they're not in our top 10 right now, Lou. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, it obviously not right now because we're going to talk about some other matchups and games that we saw from other teams that kind of not really shocked us, but like kind of mm-hmm. made us, like, you know, made us known. Um, but a little bit just to kind of recap that Thatcher Pima game. Like I said, that third quarter, Pima's playing catch up. They go on a little run. Um, Thatcher wasn't able to score at all. And then towards, I think, the last, like, 10 seconds of the game, Pima should have just held the ball, but for whatever reason, he decides to drive it in the lane and draw yeah, a charge. Yeah, take a draw charge. Mm. And that was Controver- a good play call. Great call. To, uh, to get uh, number one the ball, Curtis. Yeah. They pass it yeah. with six seconds left, hit him in the middle. He gets downhill, gets to the free throw line. I mean, he Misses didn't convert him, but, yeah. yeah he, and he wasn't able to connect on him, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't able to connect. And he struggled from the free throw line this game. They definitely would have won if he would have hit a few of them. Yeah. Gosh, we know what that's like, huh? If, yeah. if somebody could hit some free throws, then, uh, you know, our season would be looking a little bit different right now. Yeah. Uh, a a, lot a, a little bit different. Yeah. So, different. okay, then, Reyes, what do you do you remember who you picked to win the South in the 3A? I have Thatcher. I'm a lot more confident and, now. And do you feel pretty good about that? I feel pretty good about it now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah, they had a pretty good. Having Napier back is huge, hmm. and just like it, just overall, man, the overall team, the way they play on defense and everything, you can just tell he's just a leader out there and just does what hmm. needs to be done. Look, so yeah. they don't shoot the ball too great, but with if you can get Carter and and Napier to shoot the ball good enough, and those two are going with Curtis, I mean, then you have a you know like a 
three-headed trio and mm-hmm. that, that's tough three. to have that and yeah that's tough to have that in high school basketball to have three guys averaging 13 plus you know what i mean mm-hmm. so okay so just wanted to talk about that with pima and thatcher pima gets the win again 47 to 45 over thatcher let's move to the coyotes invitational over at arizona lutheran the championship game here was pretty nice we had highland prep facing off against fountain hills that was our number five in the 2a facing off against our number two in the 3a and let me just say this is there anybody that can stop fountain hills man the way that they're charging right now man they're looking so tough um great team defense um the way they shoot the ball right now i mean overall i mean fountain hills is just rolling and it's kind of hard to see who's going to stop that train have they lost yet uh, no. They haven't. They haven't lost yet at all. And I mean, their schedule is not soft, as you like to say, Ray. Soft like Charmin. It is not soft like Charmin. It's like the toilet paper here in Camp Verde. It's rough. Okay, it's coarse. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, they've played against some of the top teams in the small ball, and they have come out. On, they've taken down our number one. They've taken down our number two. I mean, they've taken down our favorite to win the three A. I mean, so do you put them at number one? Would you put them at number one right now? I like him at two, but so what I would one? love to see Valley Christian, what I'd love to see is Fountain Hills face off against the Valley Christian and the healthy Valley Christian. I'll, I'll add that in as well. But so we what they got to do, that's what they got to do to prove to you that they're number one is they got to go beat Valley Christian. Yeah. Or I mean, Valley Christian's got to lose. Their resume hasn't shown that they're number one as of right now in the power rankings as of right now. You, you could see he's putting him on the hot seat. You could make a really strong argument for putting Fountain Hills at number one. I'm just not. I ready think to it's do the it only yet. argument right now. I don't know about that. <laughs> if you look at the resume, I mean, they're I mean, cooking. I know, but Valley Christian has had some really good games on their schedule as well. I'm gonna say that too. Okay. Have they dropped um, any? No. Yeah, they, they've, they've, dropped, they've dropped a couple. And has Fountain Hills? No, they haven't. Okay. That don't mean that they're the number one team. It's, you it's, know it's just, as of right now, um, power. If you had to do power rankings, how are they not number one? Oh well, the only t- the, if you're doing power ranking stuff, the only losses that Valley Christians have had are non-powerpoint games. I'm talking about your little. We're talking about AZ Small Ball. Our ranking to rank these teams mm-hmm. as of right now. Mm-hmm. Not to we're talking about as of right now. Mm-hmm. Not who we think is going to win it all. Like as of right now, who's the best team? Fountain Hills has to be one. No, they are one. They're they're one of the teams that are very tough. But I'm looking at they're one. They're better than Valley. They're over Valley Christian. Would you so you'd put them over Valley Christian as of right now? If we're doing power rankings, mm-hmm. they are number one. I'm not saying so, they're gonna win the whole so, thing or not, none of that. I'm just saying as of now. Let's let's entertain this done. real quick. No, let's entertain this though real quick because Fountain Hills has a lot of quality wins. They beat a Holbrook. They took care of business. They beat a Scottsdale Christian. Took care of business. I'm telling you right now, if Fountain Hills played against Valley, you have five players on the court. That can stretch the floor and shoot it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, still, I'm still, I get what you're saying, Jay, and you can make an argument, and your argument makes sense. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I just disagree right now. I just, I need to see a little bit more. Some of the wins that that's Valley Christian, some of the wins that that's blasphemy. So, some of the wins that Valley Christian has gotten are better than some of the wins that. uh Fountain Hills has gotten those two I'm wins. A, actually, Fountain Hills actually, is hot I'm right a, now. I, I'm gonna stop you right there, Lou. I'm looking at Valley Christian's schedule right now, 
and mm-hmm. you compare the resumes, I think Fountainhouse has a better better resume exactly. than Valley Christian. That's what, what I what that's you're, what I've what been you're discounting is those two Colorado teams. Those two Colorado okay. teams, I think, are better Religion. than any team that Fountain Hills has played. And that's no knock on Fountain Hills. Fountain Hills has a great schedule. I just think those two, it's just that they they're that lifts their schedule a little bit. And I think that they're better off. Yeah, they play they did play well. a Regis Jessup and then they played a Arapahoe team, which in Regis Colorado Yeah, I don't even know how to say it. I'm not gonna try it. But those two teams if you compare them to any small ball, I mean, yeah, it's true. They're better. Oh, okay, and they took that. care of business there. That's the, honestly like those are the main reasons as to why that's lifting them in my mind. And also, I mean, think about it. They're doing this without a Luke Shaw. I mean, think about that mm-hmm. for two seconds. Like they haven't even got their and best. Luke Shaw, and Luke Shaw's averaging about thirty almost. Yeah. So, anyways, l- let's but, talk about okay. the game. But that, that's a good argument though, and you could make that. And you just got a lot of Fountain Hills people on your side, JC. It's good. I'm just saying that power rankings, I mean, injuries are part of the game, right? So, like, as of right now, who the best team is, in my opinion, is Fountain Hills. And I'm saying, in my opinion, right now, even without Valley Christian, without their best kid, with the wins that they've been able to get together, they're the best. Without him? So, you think if they go toe-to-toe right now, Valley Christian still wins, even without him? Oh, see, that's that's a tough question. I don't know. That's tough. You can give Valley Christian a good shot. Yeah, Let, let's pin that one, okay? Let's talk about this game, all right? Fountain Hills versus Highland Prep. Uh, Fountain Hills gets the win over Highland Prep, 61-51. to 51, And this game was – it didn't look like it was going to be a game at halftime, if we're being honest, right? 28-9, yes. to nine, I think it was, at the half. And what was going on? Highland Prep looked a little bit stressed out, maybe a little bit during the headlights playing against the Fountain Hills. Yes. And Highland Prep comes out in the second half – and really put some full court pressure on Fountain Hills, and that kind of disrupted them, and that allowed Highland Prep to get into transition and do some really good things, and they were able to cut it down. Ending score was sixty-one to fifty-one. Like I said, that is a huge comeback for Highland Prep. Here's what I want to say about Fountain Hills that I think is very different than their teams that I've seen in the last few years: is the defensive stuff is all the same, you know, like the consistency the team playing together this team has got a little bit of swagger though and i don't know whereas you've seen them play in person um they, they they've got a little bit of swagger and would you say that they have more swagger this year than they have like am i crazy or am i seeing that right i think this year's team compared to last year's team is 100 times different and i think in a good 100 way 100 times different <laughs> I'm being honest, dude. Look at the numbers that they're putting up sometimes. I mean, a lot more confidence from Key and Or. I mean, just the way that they're moving and stuff like that. Like, you didn't have um, – He's shooting the ball, the, isn't he? What, yeah. What, what's that? What's the guard's name? Oh, Xavier Mike. Mm-hmm. Great point guard. I think he's a great player. He obviously made Fountain Hills go last year. Right. This year, you have Aiden, Logan. You have Key and Or. And, honestly, they're big. Like that trio is pretty tough to face right now. And let's just be sure. honest, when Fountain Hills has a lead, they do a pretty good job keeping on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they that get is a early, little it is a little worrisome that they gave up what forty three points and a half. That is a lot of points yeah. and a half. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like for one half. But and I agree with you, that is like if you look nine to forty, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. But uh-huh. I mean Highland Prep has the ability to to put up points like that, you know, especially if you can yeah. think about them getting out into transition, getting into the full court, hitting some threes, knocking some shots down. I mean, that 
<laughs> let, let me say this. My lights keep turning off here. Let me say this. Um, how how is the like does this make you excited about Highland Prep or does this make you more concerned about them? I think for me it makes me excited about them. Yeah. It makes me so, happy. You play yeah. number two in the three A conference mm-hmm. and you barely lost by ten. Obviously at first they panicked, they were nervous, whatever happened, they went Fountain Hills went twenty to two, crazy run, and then they finished the half and you're like, Man, like another Fountain Hills domination. And then next thing you yeah. know, Highland Prep's like they make it a game. Horses. Yeah, they made it a game. You know, like they cut it mm-hmm. seven. You know, Fountain Hills was able to hold, hold them off. You know, Cohen Hill, though, did lead all scores of 21, eBay with 12 in the final five minutes. And then, like I said, Fountain Hills, though, had four players in double figures. Hmm. I mean, if you have four players in double figures, it's pretty tough they, to beat. Yeah, they played together for sure. Gosh, and I wonder, I would love to see the stat line of the shooting because we know this about Fountain Hills. You've got to be able to shoot the ball because they pack that paint so aggressively, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've got to use good hop stops, skip passes, and just be ready to hit open threes because you're going to have them. If you mm-hmm. can shoot the ball really good against Fountain Hills, you're going to be okay. But if, if you struggle with that, I, I, I don't know. I See, but sometimes players will go and they search that a little too much. Mm-hmm. When you kind of give it a little bit, like um, what's his name that had 50 or whatever, one of his worst games was against Fountain Hills. I bet going sure. in, I mean, he was just trying to hunt and hunt threes, and sure. it can almost get you off rhythm at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're open, I mean, you got to hit it. But if they're closing out still and getting a high hand, like right. that can almost bait you, kind of like a zone in a way. It almost baits you to just shoot threes on top of threes on top of threes. Yeah, and I mean, we've said this before, Fountain Hills – is still rebounding the ball at a really high level. And this was a stat from a few weeks ago, but they were rebounding the ball almost as much as their opponents were scoring, you know, and they are, they're just, they're doing a really, again, they're doing a lot of really good things right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So Fountain Hills moving forward, now going into conference play, um, they're going to have some really good tests coming up for them with the Northwest, with another. They're going to see Scottsdale again, a bunch of other teams in their conference. Um, I'm excited about Highland Prep because I think all of the, these teams that they're playing against, they're going to be ready for the playoffs coming on or even just the next matchup against Phoenix Christian. Hmm. That's true. L- let me throw this out there. That next time they play against PC, they're at their place in the Honey Badgers' den. Who do you got in that matchup? PC. You got Phoenix Christian again. I got Phoenix Christian again. Okay. I don't know, man. It's going to be who tough. Do you, they... who, who do you got value? I mean, Scottsdale Christian or Fountain Hills in Fountain Hills? Fountain Hills. Fountain Hills is a tough place to play. But, oh, man. I Fountain Hills. Know, Give me Fountain Hills. Hot seat question. I know. Well, Give me Fountain Hills. Yeah. Fountain I mean, Hills. How, how am I going to bet against them right now? I'd be By stupid 12. too, you know? Uh, I think it's closer than that. Uh, I think it's maybe like eight or maybe even five points because I'm going to say that Elijah Williams is probably going to be playing that next time and and that he's going to have something to say about that. But I think it's going to be – I would still give it to Fountain Hills. We know Fountain Hills is just a weird place to play too. So weird. The student section goes crazy. You know, they're probably a little fun, bit too it's, crazy, but it's fun. fun it's a great fun atmosphere. Atmosphere. Fun, fun atmosphere. Um, but just to kind of go back to PC and Highland Prep. I like Highland Prep shot for reals. Cause what they lost by two. Mm-hmm. Two. It's in the it's in the honey badger den. I'm just saying, dude. I just gotta rock with PC though. I just have to. That's just yeah. you know, old what is it? What do they call it? Old old reliable. Old faithful. 
old fate, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now let's move on to the Epic Tourney's New Year's Classic Tournament. And this was, there was a ton of great teams in this tournament. Just to kind of say some, I'm looking at the diamond bracket for the boys. This is the highest division. You got ALA West Foothills. Santan Charter was in there. You got Alchese. Um, you've got Marana Mountain View, Winslow, Ben Franklin, Monument Valley, Borgade. So, Borgade actually competed pretty good in some of these games. Very well. Borgade, you got Scottsdale Christian, you got Snowflake, you got Seton Catholic, Combs, Snowflake, Tonopah Valley, Florence, Window Rock. Can I just say, I think all these tournaments are great, but the Epic Tourney's New Year's Classic is, I think that's the tournament to be in at this time. Thinking of all those teams that are in there, that is a star-studded cast. The championship game was Snowflake versus Monument Valley. And let's be honest here, right? We call it what it is. I was a little surprised to see Snowflake in the championship game. Am I off in saying that? You're off. I'm off. Did you expect you you gonna tell me that you expected Snowflake <laughs> to be in the championship game of all this stuff? I thought after seeing the score against Scottsdale Christian, I said there's no, no, something. No, 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 no. I'm not saying after seeing something. I'm saying before any games have been played, would you have been surprised to see Snowflake in the championship, especially seeing them face off against yes. who they faced off against? Sure. That was what I'm saying. You told me yeah. to try something. I'm being he said crazy. sure. <laughs> Thank God. So, but Snowflake, I mean, shoot, man, they they are exploding into our top ten, in my opinion. I mean, do you disagree or agree with me? They're in the top ten. They beat number six or whatever it was, seven. They beat number seven, and they also beat. I think they beat another person in our top ten. Um, they also beat Florence, uh, who was also in our top ten, number nine or number eight, right there. So yeah, they're moving up. I mean, two teams, they were previously unranked. Now they move into the top 10 for us. Here's the thing, man. Monument Valley's tough. Getting to see them play for a full game was a lot of fun. Snowflake did some really great things. When you think of res ball, what are some keys to keeping a res team to beating a res team? What would you say? Stop the, stop the transition. Stop transition mm -hmm. and what else? Because you guys have both played against res teams. You've they coached against run, res teams. Run. Uh huh. So stop in transition. You got to and you got to contain them, right? The shooter, mm -hmm. contain the shooter. You can't let them break down off the dribble, right? Like yeah. if you boil it down to most res teams, they're trying to get out in transition and they're going to break you down off the bounce. And Snowflake did this amazing. Okay, take a guess. How many field goals do you think Monument Valley had in transition for the whole game? Five. Five. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say seven, eight, eight, eight. Ah, one. I'll say. Oh, I should say with one, five. one field goal in transition for the entire game. Okay, that's crazy. I, I mean, snow, and it wasn't because they weren't trying to get out and run. Snowflake sprinted back in transition and was just super disruptive. They did a great job doing this. They also rebounded the the ball really well. Uh, and another thing that Snowflake did really good is they played their game very calmly. You know, when you play against a res team, the challenge is not getting caught up in how they like to play, you know, up and down really quick. Yeah. Snowflake was able to slow it down. They ran some decent stuff. They got the ball inside or they just got the ball inside and then cut off of it. Or they did like a nice little post move and were able to finish inside the paint. They did some really great stuff here. They were able to play their game, which I think was really good. Snowflake actually got out in transition like crazy. I'm going to say they at least had 11 field goals in the whole game. Probably more than that's me being super conservative. 
at least 11 field goals in the whole game in transition. I mean, these guys were getting boards. They were running. They were making good decisions. Uh, and another thing that I love, too, and I'm, I'm sorry, Reyes, I'm going to say this, okay? The refs did not call flops on post-ups. Good. One Does Snowflake my... have a big? Yeah, they got a few bigs. And what about Monument Valley? Monument Valley has a big, but he's not really like, you know. he, he Yeah, they big. do have a big, but he's not really the same size as those other kids. One of my mm-hmm. least favorite things, and I love Res Bowl so much. I think it's so fun to watch. I hate how refs will see a smaller, like, res ball player guarding a post, and a post will do one dribble, and then the guy will flop super obviously and fall, and they call the charge. I hate that, like, more than anything. Like, that really – I can't stand it. I love – the refs didn't call that stuff in this game, and, and I thought that was really good. Um, and uh, Snowflake rebounded the ball really good. And Monument just took really bad shots, but it was really more so because of the great defense of Snowflake. And Monument Valley has some really good guys. It was funny to watch. Like, Snowflake would come down, and they would possess the ball for, like, 25 seconds, run some good stuff, get a really good layup, or, like, get a shot, miss it, get a rebound, and then get set and do it. And they'd have the ball for, like, 25 seconds, like a minute for sometimes. And then Monument Valley would get the ball, come down, and literally just jack it through and make it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, if you can, and Jay, you can even and think about this, like, I'll just say your senior year, you know? Yeah. Or maybe even your junior year is better accurate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like teams run these great sets and they just come down and just boom. And then just pop. And you're yeah. like, all right, well, the, that sucks. Or like us in open gym. Yeah, yeah. Or Reyes in open gym. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Reyes is going off sometimes. He's draining um, threes. But super quick, though, this was obviously without a shot clock, right? Yeah, without a shot clock. Does the outcome change with the shot clock? No, not at all. Yeah. Snowflake... You said that, well, you said that Snowflake was holding the – Ball a minute, about twenty, about twenty yeah. five to a minute. Yeah, I'm telling Mo- you right now, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, most of Small that was possession. because they got offensive rebounds and kickouts, and that shot clock is going to reset. Okay. Like they weren't just like sitting back like a fountain of hells a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like yeah. that. So, um, are you worried about Miami Valley or not at all? Uh, I don't know if worried is the right word. Monument Valley does need to get better, though. Well, they need to do either one of two things. They either need to get better at getting into transition and and making like really good decisions in the half court. Because if that's how they want to play, like they want to be up and down and fast, a snowflake cannot slow them down on that. If they really want to have a chance to make a run, anything in the playoffs. So I'm not really concerned about them, but they need to kind of improve some aspects of their game. It's a wake up call. Yeah, it's a wake-up call for them, you know? It's almost like when we were trying to do dribble drive years ago and we just we, we met, uh, what's it called, Sholo in the championship, and, like, oh, yeah. they just completely shut down our <laughs> dribble drive. And we're like, well, mm-hmm. we either need to pivot or we need to get better at what we're trying to do. And I think that's where Monument mm-hmm. Valley is at. But they got some kids that can really play. The thing that is super exciting about Snowflake is they got some size – and they got some guards that can, like, they're serviceable to handle the ball, you know. At the very end, Monument Valley started to put a ton of pressure on, and Snowflake handled it perfectly. I mean, like, not even just, like, handled it and got it across half court. Handled it, got it across half court, and got wide open layups because of how overly aggressive Monument Valley was being. Here's something that I thought was key, and I think we need to start doing this with our squad. Uh, Snowflake, your bench, if you're listening to this, 
your bench gets an A+. They do a specific celebration every single time one of their players makes a free throw. They stand up and they, I'm not a fan of what they do, but you know, I'm a fan of the idea of it. They stand up and hop on one leg and do like a circle and clap, which is a little, it's a little different. Okay. But snow, it is a little weird, but snowflake made some really good free throws in order to close this game out. And I don't know. Free throws have been a struggle for us. So maybe we need to start doing something like that. I don't know. Y'all got to hand out like $5 gift cards for every free throw the kid oh, hits. I, I know. <laughs> My gosh. Hey, what, what does this tell us about Snowflake, though? I think it tells us that Snowflake will have an opportunity to challenge Holbrook in the East. I said that. You said that. I said that, dude. I mean, Holbrook is taking care of business and they're playing really good. Snowflake is right up there, though. Payson is not bad either. Payson's good. I mean, the East is Payson. way better than mm-hmm. what we thought. Like, their stock is just rising, dude. I, the 3A is good, man. It's pretty good. Small ball, dude. Small ball overall, baby. Arizona small ball. And I want to say this, too, all these tournaments. I mean, it's always small ball teams in the championship. I just want to throw that out there, too. So We just need to get our own tournament going on. It'll be as big Y'all, as Epic New guys, Year's. Yeah, Arizona small ball uh, tournament. Boost for holiday or something like that. The first annual whatever, yeah. So those are some of the championship games that we wanted to talk about. You know, all of these tournaments are great. In my opinion, that epic tourney's New Year's Classic is kind of the tournament to be in. Uh, But but just some great games. It's definitely going to shake up our top 10. Hey, conference play starting. So you guys know that, especially if if you're in the 3A, but for all of these teams, right, if you're playing against a team and you're not ready to go, you got a really good chance to lose that game. That skyrockets in conference play, right? Because I don't know what it is about conference play, but it's just it's different. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about it. I know all you coaches and players are excited about conference play, so good luck to you guys. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we um, go? Yeah, our topic. This is, I'm just curious. Who is the best player in 3A? Ooh. That's tough. Best player. If you had to take one kid, right? And you wanted to win a game, who are you picking? Or you want to start a team? Who are you picking? Like we're building a team around a kid? Either you can go off it like that, or you like, okay, like I need to win a game. Mm-hmm. And who am I picking? I need to win a game. Yeah. Key Nord's pretty clutch. Luke Shaw's very clutch. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, that's a tough one, man. That's... I don't know. I mean, I, I already picked Bradley Curtis in my draft. I picked him. You know what we should do? We should do like where you pick your your team for the three A, two A, and one A. Like you pick your team, like the point guard, the shooting guard, small uh-huh. forward. Yeah, we kind of did that with the draft, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That's a little bit different. Yeah. And then like yeah. you could go up against my team. My team would wreck your team. Yeah, you know, I feel like we should probably talk about this. Thanks for bringing this up, Jason. You know, Reyes, your team from your draft is getting a lot of traction over mine. I told you, and you didn't want to believe me. I still think my squad's got it. <laughs> I just say, I I just say, I just say like I'm not. I mean, I already knew. Later, race. Do you got anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Yes. What does the loss to Monument Valley do for Santan? For Santan? Monument Valley beat Santan Charter. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> right. I think Santan Charter dropped, but they don't drop crazy. But I'm just saying, like. Hmm. See, I, so I think a war out there. I, I I think we view it different. I think that like 
you're viewing Monument Valley and Santan, right? Monument Valley beats Santan and then loses to Snowflake. So then you're saying, oh, that like discounts Santan even more. You know? No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm okay. just saying like, what what does that loss do for Santan? Like, I had Santan losing to Monument Valley. I don't know if you had Santan beating Monument Valley. I'm assuming you did, but I had Monument Valley beating Santan. I don't. I I'm honestly like. Monument Valley and Santan Charter are super similar teams. You know, exactly. I think Santan Charter they might be better than Monument Valley, honestly. Um, You can't say that though, because Monument Valley beat them. (laughs) Yeah, but a team could still be better than another team. We said that about Thatcher. Said it about you both said that Thatcher was was better than Piedmont, and that you like their ceiling better. We did, buddy. Come on now. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I mean, obviously, Santan Charter drops a little bit in our rankings, but I mean, they don't drop far. I, I think no, I don't think they drop far at all. But I'm just um, I think it's I, more I, so a testament to Snowflake that we didn't know about Snowflake. You know what I'm saying? Uh, compared to me, different, things. I mentioned them earlier in the season. I did. I said, "Come on now!" I literally said, "You co- we can go. We can pull back the tapes." The tapes. <laughs> the tapes. No, you did mention them, but I wouldn't have picked them to beat Monument Valley. That's fair. That's what I, I, mean I see. By what that. You, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So they were my okay. sleeper. I thought Monument Valley was going to win the tournament. <laughs> is that is that what you picked? That's what you thought. I thought once Monument Valley beat Santa, I was like, oh, they're going to win. Mm. Yeah. It was a great week for basketball, especially for Arizona Small Ball Hoops. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. And want to remind you guys about our Patreon. If you've never looked at it, just go check it out. There's some great content on there. Just recently, we did a draft of small ball players. So if you're interested about that, you want to hear why we picked who we picked, go check it out. Make sure you go like and follow the show, wherever it is that you listen to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. And while you're there, make sure you guys leave us a review. We know we always have those five-star ratings. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time.